Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, uh, coming to you from the studios, Cleveland Community College. Uh, this is C19 TV, and we appreciate you hanging out and spending time with us uh, with your day. Thank you. Thank you so dang much. And can you say that on this channel? I can say dang. That's my word. I'll have to look into yep, it. That's my word. Yeah. I'll find out if you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do appreciate it, uh, whatever you decide to do. This is this guy's from Texas. This is Detective Billy Mack, all the way from Texas. He's been trying to track down Billy Joe and Bobby Sue, and um, still looking for him? Uh, Steve Miller found him. Steve Miller yeah. found him. All right, well, uh, Detective Mack, we appreciate you being You didn't think here. I'd catch it. Yeah, that's good, man. You see, the, our band plays Your there, band so, plays it. You know, that's, I have that one up actually, on you. I knew, I knew you'd catch yeah. it. That's Greg Tillman. Uh, he is the uh, general manager here at C19 TV. And, and the uh, reluctant host, you know, you've heard of reluctant heroes. He's the reluctant co-host right Very here. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, it still am. But I appreciate it. You know, we've been doing this for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're still here. So it's cool. Something's gone horribly wrong. Yeah. It, it's, uh, now, did Bernie make it back this time? Uh, Bernie, is he here? No, he's not he's here He's not today. here. Okay. No, he's still on Christmas I knew break. I didn't see him, um, but I was hoping he might show up. Last time I saw him on Facebook, he was on a beach in, in studio Tahiti or something. Huh? Studio audience is back, though. Fresh and ready for a new <laughs> year. They, uh, they have not changed very much since last year, um, but we appreciate them, as always. Uh, and and to, to those out there that are listening uh, and then tuning in, if you're uh, you can email us, info at c19.tv, any of your questions or comments, or, or if you have um, submitted reviews that you would like for us to use, because we're going to do one of those submitted reviews uh, today. A little bit later on, we're going to do a, uh, a non-viewer submitted review for The Mule. Uh, coming from Thomas Manning, so that's uh, something to look forward to. It's funny, I, both of the comments you just made reflect what I was getting ready to mention. We have a long-distance viewer from Danville, Virginia. Right. She watches I Hear every week. But yeah. Kathy Wilson, who is my daughter-in-law's mother, for some reason watches us every week. Kathy. So. Hi, Kathy. So, in Kathy? Danville, Virginia. Danville. Hi, Kathy. Danville's a great place. I don't I don't think her husband Bruce does that, so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go there, you know. Well. You know, Kathy, if you want to recruit Bruce, and if he can e email us, we'll send him a nice parting gift. I don't know what the parting gift is. I think but the we'll fact that he's not watching is probably the nice <laughs> gift he's received. And the other thing was a, a long-distance uh, review, if you want to call it that, whatever you called it. Yep. Uh, Scott Neisler, the mayor of Kings Mountain, yes. uh, was texting me the other night and randomly mentioned that he'd seen a film called Searching with Deborah yes. Messing. Searching, okay, uh, yep. I think it's a crime thriller or something. I'd never heard of it. Have you? Well, there, now there's a Searching that was released back, um, I guess, back in the fall. Um, and it was about this guy that was uh, searching for his lost daughter. Yeah. And using the internet and using the social media digital footprint. And I think that, that might be it. Okay. But he said he saw it, I, I guess, on Netflix or something. But okay. it, it, he said it was a relatively recent film. Yep. 
And uh, he said he was great. He said, we ought to check it out. Okay. And I'll check Rotten Tomatoes, 92%. Yep, if it's the same one. So yeah. obviously Scott has good yeah, taste. Sulu, Sulu the, the new Sulu was starring in it. So if it's the same one. Oh, uh, okay. Um, all right. Maybe so. All right, all right. cool. Well, there you go. Yeah, all right. So did he give it a rating or did he just say it was great? He just said it was great. Okay. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it 92%. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one I wanted to see, very low budget film. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they spent a lot of money on the technology aspect of it. and. And it, the interaction with social media and uh, right. Skype and uh, yeah, it was a. I did not get a chance to see it. I really wanted to, uh, so now's my chance. Yeah. So searching. There You've you been go. Watching everything else. A lot right? of movies to talk about, uh, including one that is uh, released uh, originally for Netflix. Uh, this did get a limited theatrical run, very limited, because they were pushing it for the potential of a award season, uh, and that's that's happening more and more and more now. We've talked about that on the show. The movie's called Bird Box. Uh, Sandra Bullock film, uh, Greg and I both got a chance to check this out, as well as over 45 million viewers. Really? That yeah, means? it's the most ever for a Netflix film um, for people watching. Now, now uh, we didn't uh, mention Tim, uh, Tim Foster back there on oh. the Tim Cam. Tim, have you seen uh, Bird Box yet? Have you checked that out? Not yet. <laughs> but Bird Box, um, a lot of people watching this, you know, big name star. Yeah. Uh, not Sandra just, Bullock. Not just Sandra Bullock, but uh, Malkovich is in this as right. well. And some other uh, faces that you're going to recognize uh, also. And, um, yeah, a film that, uh, that really, they, they, they spent a lot marketing this and pushing this out there to let people know about it. It's a post-apocalyptic film. Uh, something has happened that uh, causes people to start killing themselves or, or start killing others. And it's something they see. And uh, when they see it, it basically... See, I first thought they were probably watching our show. <laughs> I thought that was a reasonable assumption. Yeah. Well, that would have been... Because it's probably happened. That would have been pretty fun. Yeah, that would have been pretty fun. But once they see it, it, it basically... They, um, they, the, the disease attaches itself to them. Right. And within just a matter of seconds... They just launch out and, and try to kill themselves or kill what they're seeing. Yeah. We don't ever really know. And so interesting concept. Um, and so, you know, it, uh, we looked at the, uh, A Quiet Place, which was released earlier this year, which, you know, the, if, you're, if you're talking and you right. make sound, these creatures attack yeah. you. That was a great film. That was a great film. This time it's what you see can kill you. Right. So that launches kind of the story, and the story launches this... Sandra Bullock's character is pregnant, and she's with her sister. She goes to the hospital for, a, for an ultrasound to check things out, and almost immediately as she's walking down the hospital hallway, you start seeing weird things happen. Right. So it happens in an instant. And uh, she's driving down the road. We're not giving a whole lot away because if you've seen the trailers, you've seen this. Her, um, her sister ends up seeing what's out there and ends up driving the car into it and flipping over right and then all of a sudden a new story is launched and Sandra Bullock has to be rescued right so that's the story set up dive in and, and share some thoughts about what you're uh, what you're feeling about about this movie called Bird Box I thought it was okay I was a little disappointed Sandra Bullock was fine and yep. she always is um, there were a couple of interesting set pieces when they were driving blindfolded yep. yes. to the supermarket yes. and they had to rely on the sounds of the um, warning the systems sensors. on your the car. The warning sensors in your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To drive. Yeah. I thought that was kind of fascinating. Yeah, it really was. Um, and going down the river, that was prolonged, but it finally right. had a kind of a payoff. Yeah. It was okay. Uh, 
it reminded me somewhat of the happening. Yep. Night Shyamalan's yep. movie from maybe ten years ago, which was one of the worst things I've yep, ever seen. Absolutely. I stayed through that in the theaters just to see if there was anything redeemable right. about it at the end, and there wasn't. Yep, I agree. Um, but it did remind me of that a little yep. bit. So kind of a cross between A Quiet Place and The Happening. And, and I'll throw in... Better than The Happening, though. Any, anything's yes. better than that. This show yep. is better than The Happening. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not saying a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I said it was a cross between The Happening, A Quiet Place, and also The Walking Dead. Yeah, okay. Because um, there are elements of zombie-like activity that happened. I, yeah. I don't want to go into it because that does yeah. give some things away, but you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about if you, if you watch this movie. Yeah, they don't they explain why some people end up in that condition right. versus suicidal. Yeah. Right, yeah. But, and they don't explain a lot. Yeah. And, and that's the, uh, I think that's for the people who have problems with it. You know, it's like, okay, tell me what these creatures are. Tell me why this is happening. You know, who's causing it. Those questions are never answered. Right. Um, not that they have to be, especially in a supernatural post-apocalyptic film. I don't right. know that it has to, you have to have the answers. I thought it was an interesting concept. I thought Bullock was, was really great. I did think some of the scenes were, were kind of prolonged. I felt like some of the elements of this were kind of recycled from, from other right. conglomerations of, of, of films that I've seen before. Um, you know, Bullock's character, you never really got a huge... Uh, sense of who she was you you knew that she didn't really want kids but yet she's kind of in this place that she can't turn back now and uh, she ends up because of a, a series of situations having to care for not just her kid but another kid and that happens i'd say probably 20 30 minutes 30 minutes into, into it, it maybe yeah. you, you mentioned earlier before we shot that there's a lack of emotional depth yeah. to it and what happens to her and her sister is kind of thrown under the rug almost right. immediately. It doesn't resonate with her character, what happened. Same with Malkovich's. Yep. He had a similar situation and it's like, okay, and then move on. Yeah. There's no there's no pain or suffering emotionally with these people yeah, about what they've just experienced and what they're going through right. throughout yeah. the film. And and it's um, you know, you do have this group of people that end up bonding together because they're thrown together and they, they basically hole up in this house. And, and it is a, um, a, several different types of characters, which I did like. You didn't see the very same character right. over and over again that yeah. were trying to kind of come together and how do we survive this? How do we get through this? What is this? Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that was fascinating, the character study between them. And, that, and, and to me, that is also similar to The Walking Dead. If anybody's watched The Walking Dead, you see these different people who, because of the situation and circumstances, they're brought together right. and they have to decide, okay, are we going to work together or are we going to work against each other? Right. So uh, Bird Box, uh, it is available on Netflix now. I'm giving it a C plus. Um, it was, it was a, you know, an okay film, but, but not super great. Yeah. B minus. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Uh, a movie that you are going to be hearing a lot about, continue to hear more about during award season. It's called um, The Green Book. Uh, this is a movie that um, has been in theaters for a while. And as we're kind of diving into award season. Tell you what, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back. Are you choking? <laughs> I am, we're gonna come back, talk about the Green Book. I'm gonna grab some water so I can actually speak. The Green Book, right? Here.
education is our most powerful tool to improve and change our world. Hi, I'm Rhonda Benfield, your host for School Matters. Join me for a new program every other week with information from and about the students and staff of Cleveland County Schools. Discover what our schools are doing to challenge students and help them reach their full potential. You can catch us on Spectrum Cable Channel 19 or stream us live on C19.tv. Only two years until graduation, then what? The Advanced Manufacturing Academy is a partnership between Cleveland County Schools and Cleveland Community College. It offers you, rising 11th graders, the chance to learn job skills, earn valuable credentials, and complete your high school studies all at the same time. By completing the Advanced Manufacturing Academy, you'll graduate high school ready to start work at way above minimum wage. Check out the Academy and give yourself a head start on a great future. Let's get ready to rumble! Sad whenever somebody yelled at Walker up until it was introduced, and I just thought that was that, that was unfair. Was that you, Wayne? No, it wasn't me, but I believe that she should be locked well, up. Well, let's. Uh, we're at the train wreck. Wes is, Wes is right, and so. That's Two weeks in a row, he said, I've been right. I'm going to have to do I tell you, I'm going to have to reassess a little bit here. <laughs> Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies right here on C19 TV. And if you're listening to our podcast, that's WGWG.org, where you can find that. And I did have my liquid refreshment, and so I am uh, and feeling much better, and I think I can actually speak now. You had a chicken bone in your throat. That's <laughs> yeah, what it was. I, I saw it come out. I did. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> yeah it, was, it, was like, uh, it was like that dog on Christmas vacation where it just kind of <laughs> hacks up the bone. Yeah, I need to get it's, maintenance down here. We can get a close-up. Yeah, we, we don't want a close-up sure, of that, no, that's for sure. Don't look down. Before the break, uh, I was trying to talk about the movie Green Book uh, that is Mahershala Ali's film along with Viggo Mortensen uh, based on a true story about this incredible piano player that was um, just had these record deals and he was just uh, you know classically trained had like three doctorates I mean the guy was brilliant right and he was making this tour and uh, mostly he's going to these these concert halls and things like this and he needs to hire a driver um, a driver that can also kind of serve as a bodyguard because he is going to be driving through the Deep South. And this is the early 1960s, so it's a time when segregation, uh, segregation was still in full effect. There were also uh, sundown laws that if you were a person of color, after sundown, you could not be out. And um, the Green Book, what that refers to is there was a traveler's guide for people of color so they could know which towns they could eat in, which towns they could find um, you know, bathrooms, which towns they could be in after sundown and so it was kind of a guidebook to get you through these towns interesting and it's, it's a that's true there really wow. is you can you can actually uh, go on ebay and find these books out there and purchase them it's wow pretty interesting from a collector's item standpoint yeah. but that's where the title comes from this guy um herschel ali's character got a lot of money 
uh, tons of money. And uh, Vigo Mortensen is this guy that is kind of a, a bruiser as well. He um, he works at the Copacabana, and he works. He does. He's done driving for a lot of other people. He works for some not so great types. Even though he's not involved in the mafia, he's he's got some people that probably are. Okay. And um, he 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 does something at the Copacabana, and the Copacabana gets shut down for a few weeks, so he has to find a job during the holiday season. And um, so he applies for this job to be the driver, and he's the most unlikely to get it because he's not nuanced. He's not you know you got other people dressed in tuxedos trying to get this job. He comes in, it looks like some guy off the street that just put a jacket on. Kind of looks like me, you know, or, 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 or Greg Tillman on a, on a Wait, good day. Uh -huh. yeah, no. and so okay, maybe. He ends up getting the job because he's genuine. And so he's hired, and um, the story follows their relationship. It follows the amazing differences between the two. You've got one that's, you know, probably maybe not even high school educated or maybe never finished high school, and then you've got the other that's got three PhDs. Um, their uh, concept of right and wrong is different. Uh, and so you see all of these different dynamics playing out as their relationship builds throughout this film. Uh, it is a film well worthy of the awards recognition that it is getting here uh, at the end of the year. Um, you know, you look at the cultural impact, the societal impact, and the understandings between both of them and how that grows. Not just um, it's not just presented on on film the things that are different, but you see how those differences start becoming not so different by the end of the film. Really, really love this. Love this, and I loved how you saw it navigate on this road trip. It was an interesting road trip um, uh, as you you really start to discover not what divides us, but you really start looking at what unites us. And it really is a a, a movie about humanity. Some really great life lessons that come out of this, and these are life lessons I'm going to share. These are actual quotes from the movie, and one of these quotes alone would be fine, but, but together it's pretty cool. Um, I know it's a complicated world. Uh, the world is full of lonely people afraid to make the first move. Genius is not enough. It takes courage to change people's hearts, and I think all of those speak to really what this film is about. Next 13th, I think, the 12th or 13th, is the Critics' Choice Awards. And so this has been nominated for numerous uh, Critics' Choice Awards. And so when we come back together in a couple of weeks, I'll kind of let you know how that goes. I'm not going to be going to L.A. this time. Sorry. Um, uh, we, we did try to do a GoFundMe uh, account for that, but I got seven bucks. Uh, a, a movie, um, this, is, this is, comes from, we're going to switch gears here. I gave that an A rating. We're going to move on to the next film. Uh, it's not a film that I've seen. I wanted to see this called The Mule. Uh, this movie is uh, a film that stars the 88-year-old. Directed, produced, and starred, 88-year-old uh, Mr. Clint Howard Eastwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. I know. He Clint Eastwood. Uh, this comes. <laughs> this review actually comes from a, a non-viewer, non-viewer submitted review. Uh, Thomas Manning, my son, uh, checked this out. Uh, he's taken a film critics course, and he thinks uh, he, that that makes him qualified at least more than me uh, to be doing stuff here. So uh, he wanted to share some of his thoughts. Uh, tried to get him on camera doing that, and he was asleep. By the and way, so, in my defense, most people confuse Clint Eastwood and Clint Howard. <laughs> That's right. Continue. I'm sorry. Well, Thomas saw this movie, uh, and he's got his review posted on uh, online on the moviedown.wordpress.com. So that's where you can find his full review of this. But uh, he, he said Eastwood's been a legend in the film industry for many decades. Uh, this particular movie is just about everything you could expect from a figure such as Eastwood in this point in his life. 
While not a masterpiece by any stretch, it is quite impressive to recognize that an 88-year-old directed, produced, and acted the lead role in this film. The story is slow, uh, but it is methodically paced, and a decent share of scenes with uh, Eastwood's character who stars as a drug runner. That's where the mule comes from. Uh, the other part of the film, you see uh, him kind of working on the other side of the law with the law to uh, make some things happen and, and try to get the real people behind the drugs um, um, basically arrested and, and all of that stuff, all that unfolds. Um, he said there's some really great emotional connections that are created within the story, and he said Eastwood's pretty solid on this. Definitely not one of Eastwood's classic gunslinging westerns, uh, which is obvious, and that wasn't the intent of this kind of film. Uh, when looked at it from that point of view, you may find you have a deeper appreciation for Eastwood's remarkable diversity and his longevity as a filmmaker. Uh, although The Mule will probably not be remembered as a work of art, I think we can all agree that it's notable in its own right as an example of an extraordinary filmmaker's true vision on the tail end of his career. Uh, he gave it a B minus. Uh, he said it was a, a, a good film, not a great film, but, but worth checking out, especially uh, if you like Eastwood. I like him, and I'd like to see it probably at home, yeah. though, actually. Uh, and most of his films are slow, and I don't mean that in a bad right. way. Think of Gran Torino. Absolutely. It takes his time, and yep. there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly right. It lets right. his story unfold in yeah. a quiet way. That's yeah. kind of his style, and I, 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 I like it. Yeah, it's I think, unusual these days. I think, I think Eastwood has truly evolved. I mean, he's, you, know, you go back to the days when he was doing the, the gunslinging stuff, yeah. even on TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, once he started getting behind the camera and getting a chance to attach himself to things he really wanted to do, you saw that evolution, and uh, I, I continue to watch this stuff, and I continue to watch how he is not afraid to take chances. Earlier this year, one of the films that I thought was a, a, a real bust was, uh, or may have been late last year, was the 1715 to Paris, 1570 yeah, to Paris. Yeah. I mean, he directed that, yeah. and he decided, hey, I'm going to use the actual people this happened to that and let them serve as acting. That was a mistake. That was a mistake, yeah. in my part. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to see them play their own roles. Yep. Uh, one more film I want to make, make sure I get a chance to mention. Uh, this movie is in theaters now. It's called If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, this movie is also going to be getting some love during award season. It already is in a lot of different ways. It's told from a first-person narrative. It takes place in the 70s. Um, we explore race relations again. Uh, but through this couple um, who have been lifelong friends and uh, the young man uh, ends up getting arrested for a crime he did not commit. And so we're following the story uh, and the backstory of, of trying to see how they're going to clear his name or can they clear his name and will he be reunited with this love of his life who is now carrying his unborn child. That's the story and um, you know you see it unfold with her giving narration. So she's telling you the story and then you, you see the pieces right. and the scenes uh, come together. Uh, you know, it does explore also not just relationships, but a corrupt system. Um, and this takes place in the Harlem of the 1970s and you see uh, a corrupt political system, you see a corrupt prison system, and you also see racial injustice, uh, all of that uh, playing out. Um, some of the things that I really appreciated, I did appreciate the relationship between them and how uh, that unfolded. Um, the, uh, the lead actress is uh, Kiki Lane, Stephen James is the, uh, the lead actor. Um, the score was absolutely beautiful and it was a different kind of score than you would um, anticipate. Almost some, uh, I felt it was a cross between gla uh, classical and jazz at mm. times, but it was beautiful. Um, Nicholas Petrell did this, cinematography was wonderful. 
Uh, James Laxton did that. There were times when only music and the imagery were playing out, and there was no dialogue. And that, that done well is wonderful, and it was done well here. Um, the, the acting felt natural. Um, I, I wasn't really familiar with uh, the work of the, the two leads, but it really felt uh, wonderful. Regina King is the only other name that you might recognize. Uh, she played the mom. Uh, the Oscar-winning director, Barry Jenkins, directed this. He also uh, adapted the screenplay from a book from James Baldwin. Um, very slow-burning film. You know, we talked about the Eastwood thing being slow-burning. Right. Uh, and it was non-traditional. They had some alternate um, narrative styles that were used in the way that scenes were edited together. Um, sometimes, though, that got in the way because I felt it was almost that they were trying to be experimental, and sometimes the story, the narrative, the message to me got a little lost because of that right. and took me out of the, out of the story. And um, that was a, the times that I felt disconnected. I also felt that there were certain scenes that were drawn out. I felt if they tightened those up a bit, it might have helped. Um, so I really think the artistry got in the way of, of the story. The story. Yeah. Um, so B minus, uh, still a beautiful film. And I do think during award season, there are certain things that this will be shining pretty strongly with. Uh, you know, this comes off his last film that got love was Moonlight, okay. and he got the Oscar for yeah. that. And so, um, you know, it's good to see him having something right after that. Yeah. So uh, that movie is called If Bill Street Could Talk. We've got a. You want to give a minute thought on I'm, Marwin? I'm thinking Welcome to Marwin, Steve yep. Carell's and Leslie Mann's yep. uh, film by Bob Zemeckis. Yep. He did Forrest Gump, he did uh, uh, Sully, he did uh, Back to the Future, on and he on. He did the Christmas on. Carol animated version yeah, with Jim yeah, Carrey, yeah. yeah. And he's obsessed with motion capture, yep. and, and there's a ton of this in Welcome to Marwin. Uh, it's, it's a glorious mess. Yes. I mean, it looked fantastic, yep. emotionally devoid of any type of I, connection with the audience, I thought. Yeah. But kind of fascinating to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, but at the same time, I don't can't say I really enjoyed it. it just yeah. kind of sat there on the yep. screen, despite the magic, really yeah. on the, the screen. Yeah, and the potential, the potential for that. Carell was was great yeah. in his role. He was very good. The Leslie Mann didn't have a large part, yeah. really. Yeah. She was Carell was great. The score was was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I thought that the uh, the visuals were really kind of breathtaking at yeah. times. Yeah. Just because it was something so so different. So creative. Um, but the direction, Zemeckis' direction, really bogged this down. Yeah. You know, it's a true, special, a true story. So it was a combination of a true story fantasy, but it really doesn't live up to the potential uh, C rating. And yeah. I was being generous, but I was being generous because the visuals and the score were worth it. Same here. See, yeah. for that, yeah. that same reason. Okay. Have you seen Aquaman? I have I know seen Aquaman. Out of time, yep. but, Aquaman. And I haven't, so what, yep. you, what you got on uh, that? I give it a solid B rating. My son gave it a solid A rating. It is um, the number one film of the season. Yeah. Um, and it's approaching $1 billion. Wow. And so if you like, uh, it, it felt like Marvel did this. Really? That's, yeah. And it, so it was, it was a good, it was a really good film. But I, I felt like I'd seen this story so many times before. Sibling rivalries, you know, Shakespearean tragedies, yeah. you know, somebody trying to take the throne, an outcast. I mean, all of those things felt like I've seen it before. Nothing new, but done well. Yeah, but done well, yeah. absolutely. And uh, we're seeing. How does, how does it rank with uh, Wonder Woman, uh, financially? Fin made, financially, I, I Wonder know, Woman's a better I, movie, I know. I think this is actually more, made more money than Wonder so Woman. So that's DC's biggest hit so far. Yeah, biggest yeah, hit right. since uh, The Dark Knight Rises, I think. 
So yeah, The Dark Knight Rises was the last film that had this kind of money. Okay. So solid B rating for me on that uh, Aquaman. So yeah, we, we got quite a, quite a bit in. Next week we're going to talk about a documentary that you must see um, called Free Solo. Also The Dawn Wall is a double feature. And The Basis of Sex, which will be opening up the Ruth Ginsburg yeah. story. We'll talk about all those next week on Meet Me at the Movies. We'll leave you with a movie quote. This is also a movie quote from uh, the Green Book. Um, I love this one. Dignity always prevails, no matter what else. Dignity always prevails. I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, Tim, thank you, as always, for making sure that, uh, that we uh, are doing what we do and that we look better than we should doing it. Mr. Tillman, thank you for just sitting there and looking pretty. Uh, until next time, I'm Noel T. Man II <laughs> for Meet Me at the Movies on C19 TV. For Cleveland Community College, that is a wrap. Happy